All right, and to talk more about this is our Global Eye producer, Amalia Roy, and Dr. Homikongo Dibinga joining us there from DC. Thank you so very much for both coming and joining us today. I'll start with you, Amalia. You know, we've only seen parts of this clip, so for everyone at home, break down the full story. So what happened with Clifford is that he was leaving a house, dropping off cable boxes when he was stopped by the police in as far as he was concerned for having tinted windows. Mm -hmm. And so with that in mind, he says that he was expecting to have a ticket and then to go on his way. But instead what happened is what we saw, he was dragged out of his car by the police. He had indicated to them that he was paraplegic and he had indicated that he did not want to leave his car, but unbeknownst to him, they had actually been looking at that exact same house for a drug investigation, and so they had him as a person of interest to stop. So with that miscommunication or lack of communication in mind, he had insisted that he did not want to leave his car, that he only felt comfortable if they talked to superiors first because he is paraplegic. And then he was given the option of either leaving the car with them or them dragging him. And as we saw with the very graphic video in the end, he ended up being dragged out by his hair. In the end, he was not charged with having any drugs on him. He, they did find 22, around $22,000 that he says was his savings, and he was also charged for having an unsecured child in the back of his car, which he says is his three-year-old son. Yeah, well, the visuals are just, you know, extremely hard to watch. And uh, Dr. Dabingra, I'll come to you now. You know, this really follows an entire summer where we saw so much unrest over police brutality. Yeah. Tell me, you know, what does this say to you about where the issue stands still? Well, we have to understand that basically nothing has changed. People have talked about last year with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and so on and so forth, was the, the year and the summer of racial reckoning. And we're seeing that there has been no reckoning. We have seen that there have been some cities and some counties that have made changes in some of their search warrants and other policies. And there have been some incremental challenges, changes like that. But on the, on, on the whole, we are seeing incidences like these still happen, and people are, um, some of these officers are more emboldened to do what they do. We have a man here who, according to the head of the NAACP, Owens be owned that house that he was at, which is why he was doing that transaction with the cable boxes. It's not illegal to have money in your car. And then you talk about the traumatization of a three-year-old child in the back of the car. And so really, at the end of the day, we see that these problems still continue, and this is one of the reasons why the Senate has failed us by not delivering us a George Floyd Police Reform Act that would have put some of these officers on blast and on notice and had them have to deal with severe consequences for their actions. Yeah, and, you know, taking into account what Dr. Dabinga just said, Amalia, you know, what sort of protocol is actually in place? This man clearly stated that he was disabled, that he was unable to exit the vehicle. As of right now, actually, Ohio specifically has been struggling with how to deal with stops that involve people with disabilities. Now, this ranges from someone who is paraplegic, and this also goes to others who might have communication issues because of a disability, such as someone with cerebral palsy or autism. And it's something that they're really struggling with because what do you do when it's not a standard stop? How would you approach the situation? Is it within this person's right who needs help getting into the car to be nervous about someone who's not trained in helping a paraplegic person get out of the car and doing it safely. That can be a very scary situation for them. So the Ohio police has said 
that they are trying to fix the problem based on the 2020 protests. But as we're seeing, there really aren't any tangible results because as of according to some in the police department that have spoken support of what happened for the police officers, that they were following policy. So we really have to see if this reckoning that people are talking about needs to extend towards how you approach people who really need can't help themselves in those situations. You could even see in those um, in the video that you saw Clifford asking for help. He was calling people to come to his location. He was calling over passerbys to film because he really was not sure what was going to happen in that situation. Yeah, and you know, Dr. Dabinga, this is not being treated as a racial profiling case because one of the officers that was there at the scene was black. What is your take on this? Well, when it comes to issues of police brutality and police misconduct, it has never been an issue of, of black versus white. It's an issue of black versus blue. And in many situations, we see many black officers who, because they are surrounded by other white officers, actually will act harder towards us than the white police officers. So this can clearly still be a case of racial profiling, regardless of the race of the officers. What is your take on this, Amalia? Yes, in this situation, you see that it goes past a single cop. And a lot of, in the 2020 protests, people were not protesting over one cop. In the Derek Chauvin trial, many on the Black Lives Matter movement were very clear that this was not a win for police reform, but more of a moment of justice for George Floyd's family. But in terms of the entire system, there's still much to be done. If you look even in that case, Derek Chauvin was not alone. There was a black cop there as well. So you see that, that many people are saying that it's an example of going past one individual to an entire system. Yeah, there really is so much more to be done. Dr. Dabinga, really appreciate your time today. Amalia Roy, always a pleasure. Thank you both so very much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.